reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22, on page 1174 in the Bible. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is taken from John starting at uh, chapter 6 verse 51. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please do have a seat. I'm hoping somebody's going to join us in a minute. I'm hoping he's coming, appearing. Martin, will you just help me get the table out? He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and the staff, they comfort me. You have laid out a banquet in front of my foes. My head thou anoints with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, prisoner 41 is present. Thank you. Father God, give me the wisdom today to speak your words into people's hearts, as well as in their minds, that lives may be changed and people challenged to walk closer with you. My scribe! Where's my scribe? He's supposed to be here by now. How am I to get this message across to people if there's nobody to write it down? You know my eyesight is failing. Maybe I, I can see enough to write today. Hello, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was visiting time already. Time must have flown by. Well, welcome to my humble abode here in Marmitine Prison in Rome. Nothing but luxury accommodation in this place. The food, however, leaves something to be desired. I am, however, grateful for friends in the Christian community here in Rome for their support, their prayers, and their visits. Maybe someday, someday soon, there will be no longer any need to visit as I will join my maker in, in a far more pleasant place. You see, all it takes is a change of emperor and a need to impress the masses of Rome. Uh, picking on some potentially subversive minority and making an example. I think you know the rest. I came to Rome to appeal to Caesar, as is my right as a Roman citizen. However, getting an audience uh, takes years at his majesty's pleasure. Anyway, enough of this. There's work to be done. I have too much to say and too little time. Now, some days you just get writer's block. The ideas are sort of there. The inspiration from God is there. The Holy Spirit is speaking. But it just doesn't come together. Today feels like that sort of a day. I just can't seem to get my thoughts aligned, let alone write anything down. Or dictate to a scribe, if only my scribe was here. You see, I'm writing to the growing churches in the East. I'm thinking not only of the community of Ephesus, where I have many, many dear friends, but also those on the islands and some in those uh, towns like Lystra and Derbe, and the many churches my friends and I, by the grace of God, have been able to plant these many years now. We live, dear friends, in a time of change, and I need to find the right message for the moment, a message of encouragement, of guidance, and in some cases, even caution. So far in this letter, I've been struggling to write about God's grace, his undeserved favor, a grace that transforms lives and brings people to Jesus. 
the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ put a marker in history and has turned the world upside down. In the exercise yard outside, small though it is, you can see across the city. If you are lucky on a good day, you can sometimes see the sun glint off the river Tiber, the great river that winds its way through the city, bringing ships from all corners of the Roman world. Today I've been looking to the river for inspiration and for God to give me a picture of what to write. So let me take you back 30 years or more. At that time, I was heading north from Jerusalem to Damascus, and then possibly on to Antioch. My mission then was to arrest Christians, those who the Jewish Sanhedrin considered heretics that needed to be stopped. Thinking back regretfully, I've already seen the execution of one man, a man called Stephen, who prophesied to actually see God. It was then I met Jesus on the Damascus Road, an experience that brought both terror and revelation. I was thrown from my horse, the light, the blinding light, and then the voice calling, the voice of Jesus himself. I do not know how, but at that moment, I understood, and I changed there and then. I moved into a new life, and the rest, as they say, is history. When I think back upon that time, We had small, ever-growing communities of Christians springing up all over Judea, Samaria, and the message of Jesus was spreading across the land driven by the Holy Spirit of God, acting through his servants, transforming lives and much more. I think at that time that there were but a handful of Gentiles coming to faith, but they still came to hear the message. I recall talking to Peter and the Jerusalem Council about the conversion of the Roman centurion Cornelius and his entire household. Such was the power of God moving through the Holy Spirit. However, I still find that many Christian brothers and sisters who were originally Jews, and this vexes me greatly, were still in some cases trying to, to stay attached to the old ways and not moving on, bound by their old traditions. As I scarcely look out on the River Tiber today, I consider then these last 30 years the word of God has spread across the whole Roman Empire, from Iberia in the west, Britannia in the north, Egypt to the south, and so on. Maybe soon the good news of Jesus Christ will venture forth on the trade routes to the east and beyond, along the spice road into lands that I can only picture in my mind's eye. Today, in the Roman world, Gentile Christians outnumber Jewish Christians possibly more than ten to one. Still, I, I fear that some try to hold on to the old ways and convince Gentile brothers and sisters to do likewise. This is just not right. The transforming love and power of Jesus has put those historical relationships, actions and behaviors into their true perspective. The idea of a physical mark of circumcision that identified the Jewish nation through its covenant with God has now been surpassed. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, the barrier between Jew and Gentile has been broken down. If memory serves, it is said that when Jesus died on that dark yet triumphant day in Jerusalem, that the curtain of the temple was torn in two. The barrier between God and man was broken at that time. The availability of God's forgiveness and the offer of life was confirmed as available to all 
who turn away from their old lives and commit themselves to him, irrespective of culture, background, class, profession, and nationality. Jesus is for all, my friends. Today we have one community, one family, one humanity in this place. Sadly, I feel there are still things that divide us. Our culture, our way of doing things, our acceptance of others and the way they do things. We all have different ways of getting close to God. For some it is on our knees. For some it is in the stillness and in the quiet. And for others in the moving of the wind of the Holy Spirit. We are one family and our witness, our example matters. It starts here in our heads and in our hearts and in our relationships. Now, sometimes when I look back, I feel like a refugee. I'm not so much a political prisoner, but a prisoner for Christ. Even so, I feel I could not go home, even if I met Caesar tomorrow, which is unlikely. And if I was set free immediately, Jerusalem, my spiritual home, is somewhere I cannot return to. I tried, dear friends, I tried. In Ephesus, they warned me not to return. They told me that I would be bound, but I had to try. There was, after all, a large amount of relief money to deliver to fellow suffering Christians in the city. I am in he I'm here in the cell today because I chose to go back. I suppose I've been on the road so long. It is now hard to think of home. The smell of my mother's cooking, the many debates with my father, and much more. I do feel like a refugee sometimes, physically at least. But I know, I know I am no longer such spiritually. My life has been restored through Christ Jesus. I feel I have arrived. I feel as though I belong. Reflecting on some of the thoughts I had earlier today, this is where Gentile Christians find themselves today. They must have felt one time like foreigners or even strangers in relation to Israel, the family of old, if you like, of the, of the one true God. But now all has changed. They are, we are all full members in God's family. And not because of adopting a Jewish custom, but simply because of what Jesus himself accomplished on a cross. In this respect, what Jesus has in fact done is to make peace between God and man. Peace is one of the world's best loved words, especially for the refugee. Well, we need more of it. Here in this place, now you hear many stories of battles and wars far and wide across the empire. I suspect many refugees escape the scenes of battle, cities under siege with precious little, perhaps only the clothes they stand up in. When they flee to another country, they're often met with fear, suspicion and hostility. It is therefore a most wonderful thing to finally find a peace, a new home, a new family. It is even better to know that it affects everybody, including both those who have come far and those who live close at hand. How things have changed, my friend. This revelation to the Jew must be extraordinary. Maybe for some Gentiles too, this proves remarkable, as over many years many have sought to find the God of the Jewish Scriptures. 
My own exile here in Jerusalem began after addressing the crowds near the temple, the place where Jesus himself cast the traders and money changers out, angry as to what Jewish authorities had made of his father's house. In fact, they had turned it into a den of thieves. The temple marks the center of the Jewish universe, a place where heaven and earth met and where God, Yahweh, I am that I am, had promised to inhabit. Today, dear friends, the temple is not a building constructed by man, but people. All over the Roman world, dear friends, people will meet to commemorate Jesus and remember his sacrifice as well as seek the Holy Spirit's guidance as how to live their lives. Today they meet in homes, perhaps in caves to escape the authorities, in underground catacombs, in buildings otherwise known as churches. God clearly does not live in the building itself, but in the hearts of the people who make up that community, each with their declared loyalty to Jesus and their determination to live by the words of his message. As a metaphor, the temple today is made up of the foundations such as the word of God, the teaching of the apostles, the wise words of the prophets, with Jesus the all-important cornerstone. And upon this is built the people. I've used these words many times in letters to, to other friends around the Roman world. And no doubt my contemporaries will do likewise, as the message is so universal and provides a picture of the temple of God in its true form. The building we see today can be made up of stones from many quarries, representing many people with many different backgrounds. We have today all of us members of the Christian community spanning this world. In future, communities will be made up of people from all manner of backgrounds and walks of life. The foundation underneath, dear friends, will not change. Jesus will always remain the cornerstone. Others will explore what it means to be Christian, building on the words of the Old Testament and narratives and the teaching being shared by myself and friends today. I find this vision of a community created in Jesus the Messiah both breathtaking and challenging. There will always be the challenge of overcoming cultural barriers, different ways of doing things. Our communities need to be built in a way that honors God. Wherever you are, wherever you worship, it's not about a building. It's about a community, a community built on the foundations of Jesus the Messiah. Putting aside differences, accepting each other, irrespective of background, race, history, but one which enables all of us to get closer to God and to seek his will for our lives and their community. Father God, I know you seek to live and move in all people in this place by the power of your spirit. Teach everyone every day how to build up the temple into their hearts, how to become more accepting, how to get closer to you and to build bridges and how to prosper their community for your sake. Well, I'm afraid I'll have to leave you. It's time to get some fresh air. And I might even find my scribe out there in the exercise yard. But thanks for spending the time to come and visit today. Prisoner 41 is now going for a walk. Thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the path of righteousness for his own name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me.